This is the Hidden Wire podcast, episode 822, my interview with David Wood. Play for real and living a regret-free life. Enjoy. G'day, David. Welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast. How are you? Thanks, Lee. Right now, I'm feeling good. You're feeling good? Yeah. yeah. Over there in Colorado. Looks like a beautiful day. We can, we've got the cameras on today, guys. So um, yeah. you'll be able to check this out in video form somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. Search, search for this podcast on YouTube. Um, it's gorgeous. I mean, the weather's beautiful, and uh, there's no snow. So no snow. I love the snow. Yeah, me, hey? me too. But I think when you've had three months of it, and when it's freezing cold, and you got to shovel all the stuff to yeah, get right. to the car, I've never gotten tired of it because I've never lived through a full winter for not for a long long time so i'm looking forward to snow too yeah but then i'm gonna have to duck out to columbia or something like that to um just get some sunshine it's nice to have those seasons i'm up here in the sunshine coast of australia and it's um it's pretty temperate all year round really i mean we're in winter now but it's pretty mild you know so um, we don't get the the hardcore seasons as uh, you would probably know david Uh, but a lot of people may not appreciate but living in japan in the past you know we we certainly uh, appreciated the seasons there, going from winter, getting excited for the snow, and then looking forward to the uh, the spring coming through. So it's um, it's uh, a bit of novelty that I really enjoyed anyway. From living, I grew up in Cairns, Australia, and Cairns is quite uh, it's either wet or dry, and very hot. <laughs> so, yeah, right. That's yeah, I've never is. gotten up that far. So, mate, we're talking about play for real. You're a, uh, a coach, an executive coach and yep. um, have been for some time, I believe. So tell us a little about um, your background in coaching and, and how you got into it and, and sort of your, your, your plan, your mission. Sure. Well, I was an actuary. I started life, like I feel like I was born as a consulting actuary. I got into numbers and statistics and left brain stuff. And I didn't realize it at the time, but apparently um, a tragedy that I had when I was, when I was about seven had just stopped me feeling. So I'd shut down the emotions and I just learned to be really good at creating results in time and space, but not good at connection. So I'm on Park Avenue, I'm from Australia, and I got a transfer to Park Avenue and I'm consulting to companies like Sony Music, Ford, Exxon, Philip Morris, like some really big companies. And it was great, but something was missing. I felt like I was following the path I was supposed to, like that's what you do. There's more, there's power here. There's good money. Um, I got flown to Switzerland for a conference. Like this is sweet. So you, enjoyed your, you enjoyed your job? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, Paying I was well. consulting. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't um, hidden in a back office. I got to go out and be with clients because I'm a pretty social person. Sure. It was good, but it, it wasn't until I did a personal development program. Um, was there any particular one? Yeah, Landmark Education, the Landmark Forum okay. is what I did. Yeah. And I, I was cynical. Like they all wore name tags and they smiled way too much and I didn't trust them. And I thought anyone who's doing these self-help things is just out to prey on the weak and they're trying to get my money. I'm going to get in and get out and do one course and that's it. And Very, very they, cynical. How did you, uh, you get into it or you just have to give it a go? Just curious. I, How'd I get into the program? Yeah, like, I mean, if you're very cynical and said, okay, well, I'm just going to get in there and pay my money and get out, like, what would motivate you to go in there and, and do that? Yeah, good. Really, that's an insightful question. 
Well, my marriage wasn't going well. Uh-huh. So I, I wasn't happy in my marriage, and someone suggested my wife should do it when they heard about all the things she was doing, and I thought, oh, that's good. Let's change her. That's a great idea. But when they told me more about it, how you investigate your life and you come to realize at one point that you're alone, and then I realized I hadn't really done any work on myself. And I said, let me go and check this out and see if maybe I can learn something for myself. And fortunately, they're ready for tough nuts like me, and they cracked my cynicism open. And I got to see their hearts. I got to feel my own heart. And I was like, my God, like this, this numbers thing is great and working for money and doing all this corporate stuff. But there's a whole other world out here. So I ended up quitting my job, going back to Australia and trying to find out who I was and what I wanted to do. And after a brief stint on Hey Hey It's Saturday. and well, um, Hang on. What was that? Well, I, here's what happened. I, I went back to Australia thinking I'm probably going to do more of the same um, as what I did in New York. But if I was to take six months off, what would I do? And I recommend everyone ask themselves this, this question. Um, because when you're between jobs, what a great time to go walk about. Australians do this all the time. And I thought, what would I do if I had six months? And I thought, I've always wanted to be one of those entertainers you see at the snowfields. They, they've got the black Afro wigs and they play Blame It on the Boogie and they have an ABBA, um, ABBA wig and they play SOS and they're just entertaining and sing along and getting the whole crowd in a bar to sing. Yeah. And I'd always wanted to do that and I thought, that's what I'm going to do. So I, got, I, I went back and I bought the equipment. I had one singing lesson and the next week I had my first gig in a squash, uh, a bar uh, attached to a squash court, and uh, and then when Hey Hey It's Saturday was doing auditions, I, I put my name forward, thinking this will be exposure, and got myself, you know, within two weeks they called me back and said, fly to Melbourne, we want you on Hey Hey. Right, so you got so, on there for, what was that segment um, called? You... Uh, Red Faces. Red Faces, was it? Yeah, okay. So Hey It's Saturday, for those listening out there, I'm sure the Americans are pretty familiar with it, but it was a classic, what a variety show, I suppose, that used to be. Um, played every Saturday uh, on the Australian yeah. network and TV channels, yeah. And Red Faces was the U.S. equivalent of the gong show. The gong show, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so so I did that. I mean, that was part of, it's part of the way I try and live life is like, let's really go for it. But then I discovered, um, back when I did the Landmark, I discovered coaching. Yeah. Because I was doing the course and I couldn't help myself when someone got stuck. I'd be like, well what would it take to get unstuck? And I just start working with them. And I was so moved by what was happening with other people in the, in, in the coaching, I was kind of hooked. Were you, you in a, this spot there where you, were, you felt stuck and then something sort of opened you up to, to make that transition? Was there, a, I suppose, going back to your story, I mean, just suddenly going to an event like that and then quitting your job, I'm sure there was a moment or a feeling there that you could you know think back to and reflect on that you, you, you know, that brought you to that point? There was a moment um, when, when I got hooked on coaching and it was uh, one of the women from the, from the event drove, gave me a lift home and we're sitting in the car before I, and before I left her and just said goodbye, we're just talking about her relationship and she said that 10 years earlier her husband had an affair and for 10 years she'd been holding that over him, keeping him under the thumb 
and using that to dominate him. And then as we kept talking, turns out someone else had an affair 10 years earlier. She did, but she hadn't told him that. Hmm. So she'd been using this power imbalance to control him. And in the conversation, she saw the possibility of coming clean, putting her marriage on the line to confess and risking everything for the possibility of a deeper connection. And I watched her in tears. I was in tears. She was in tears. And I saw her courage as she saw what was on the line. And she went home and she did it. Mm. She revealed everything, came clean, risked her marriage. And she came back to the course uh, the next week, I think, and told everybody, got up on stage and said that the two of them felt like they were floating on air, six feet above the ground for the whole weekend, so much in love. And I was hooked. I was like, I love this coaching. So Landmark said they'd train me to coach if I went and did the, the next course. So I did the next course. They trained me to coach. And then a year later, after all this guitar stuff, I met a guy who was doing it. And I'm like, how do I get in? He's like, well, I'm doing a course. And I said, well, I'm too cheap to do the course right now. I don't feel like I have a lot of money. But how about I hire you? And I'll do a session with you. And that'll tell me what to do in my first session with my first client. And uh, I ended up, my first client was a singer who I'd auditioned for my duo because I decided to expand and have a duo. And her life wasn't going that well at the time. And I said, why don't you be my practice client? And that's how I got started. That was 20 years ago, thousands of hours of coaching and hundreds of, of clients. And here we are now. 20 years ago. Wow. So you've got um, yeah, the website uh, Play For Real. I think it's playforreal.life. Is that right? Yeah, playforreal.life. Playforreal.life. And it's, it's, what is it about? Is it about helping people um, live life more fully? Is it, I think you said, uh, living life without regrets? Um, yeah. Tell us a bit about the mission of Play For Real and, and what you hope to achieve through your coaching practice. Yeah, thank you. Um, I realize that I, I may only have one life. I don't know if reincarnation is true, I may only have one life. Yeah. And I've had some close calls. I, I had um, a full paraglider collapse uh, at 300 feet, which is not, it's not a good look. And, uh, and I walked away from that one, but then I had another collapse last year in Colombia, and I went to hospital in an ambulance, fractured my spine. What was the 300-foot paraglide collapse? What happened there? Uh, it, it collapsed. I'm plummeting towards the earth, but I'm also still trying to regain control of the wing uh, as it tries to inflate. And I managed to regain control and have the thing reinflate at about 80 feet, um, so 30 meters above the ground. And I managed to walk away from that. Mm, wow. Yeah. If you tell an experienced pilot you had a collapse, they don't blink, but they all ask you, how high were you? Because hmm. if you're three kilometers above the ground, no problem. You've got plenty of time to reinflate or you throw your reserve chute. At 300 feet, there's no reserve chute going to save you. Yeah, okay. So I, I've started, you know, particularly in the last year, but I think I've lived a lot of my life like this. What if, what, like, how do I get the most out of this life? And the test that I have for this is I try and imagine myself, because I've never been on a deathbed, but I've been lying there waiting for an ambulance. And the test is, will I look back on my life and say I gave it everything? Hmm. Or will I say I didn't love enough, I didn't 
express myself enough. I didn't do the things I really wanted to do. I didn't tell the truth enough. I didn't just be me enough. I want everyone to ask that question. And I think the last 20 years of my coaching have been oriented around that. And then the brand Play For Real came up when I realized that I love games. I'm just, if, if life was all handled, world hunger was cured, I'd just play hmm. games. And I think when we're in a, when we see life as a game or anything as a game, even if it's losing our job, that can help us get more in a flow state and we can uh, just think, well, what moves am I going to make in this game and not take it so seriously? Because hmm. a lot of us, and I include myself in this, we often take life way too seriously. Oh, hands on when it's not, it's not life and death, but we act as if it is. So let's play, but I don't want people to get the idea I'm saying let's frolic through the daisies with butterflies going around our, hair, hmm. our head. I think let's play like it matters. Hmm. Let's play for real. Yeah, yeah. And you asked me about my mission. Go ahead. You look like you're about to Yeah, no, no, you go. And what's the mission? Well, the mission, ultimately, I want more connection for myself. I, um, as I said, I grew up not really feeling a lot and not knowing how to connect with others, and I didn't have a high emotional intelligence. And I spent the last 20 years reclaiming that. So as a connection I get, with connection with people you're talking about with people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you with said at others, the start you're very social so there's there's obviously that well I'm also an in, a bit of an introvert so it's a catch twenty two I I I do like people and at the same time I like to just watch Netflix at night yeah but but I really like just look at the movies um, our our favorite movies all show deep connection they show vulnerability. They show, um, hopefully, someone ultimately telling the truth, and then someone loves you for who you are. Hmm. And, and I want that more and more for myself. I'm going to keep on this path, hopefully forever, and I want that for everyone else, that they have deeper connection. Because on the deathbed, I think that's the biggest test. Did I really love and be loved in return? Are my friendships deep quality connections? Am I authentic? Uh, and people really get to see the real me. Hmm. So that's that's kind of my secret mission, hmm. that I want everyone to have deeper connection so that they can say, I have no regrets. I really did give it everything. Fear didn't stop me. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the illusion and, and, and mirage of success and, and the draw of money, which I think is totally valid, but that didn't fully distract me from making sure that I had those connections at the end of the day with my kids, with my parents, with my spouse, with my friends, with my staff, with my customers, with my boss. I think it's the holy grail. So and I think we relationships, need yeah? I think we, yeah, we know that at some level. There's a study uh, that Harvard's been doing since 1938. Have you mm. heard of heard no. this one no. on happiness? They started it in 1938 and they're still running it. Well, because generally, um, when we try and work out how to be happy, we go and ask people, uh, and, and we're relying on their memories. Yes. But, but they've been tracking people since they were young and they got people now nineties and they found that it was the quality of the relationships, the quality of the connections that were the predictor of happiness and the predictor of health. 
Yeah, now there's a study by, um, well, not a study, but I guess a book and the research of um, Johan Harari. He wrote a book recently called, I can't even think of the name right now, damn it. Um, but anyway, he, he, he really researched the, um, the, what's the name of the book? About depression, anyway. That's what his book was all about. And what he found is Lost Connections. That's what the book is called, Lost Connections. Um, and Ooh. it really is all about um, finding that that connections again. I mean, it's it's so powerful and so important in our life, that relationship's part of everything. And we're all um, dependent on our relationships with everything else. And that's internally, externally, everything. So it makes a lot of sense. So that's something that just reading between the lines there, it feels like that you are aware that is, is still in your own life, constantly developing and progressing as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like... I'd like to think I'm a guru on a mountain telling everybody how to live life. But the fact is I'm still getting deeper levels. Some of the stuff I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in podcasts and teaching in the trainings to executives and, and to even prison inmates these days um, is, is still feels fresh yeah. for me. I, yeah. each, each day I'm having a conversation. I was like, oh, I got to apply that or I got to take that take that deeper just any as an example i've just moved into this amazing home my landlords are wonderful people and they sent me an email and i responded and i thought i handled it but then i thought they're not happy with me they're not trusting me and uh and i actually created a video for them and i said if i was in your shoes i'd be thinking who is this guy was he not listening to us about what how we want the house taken care of and i and i just imagine being in their shoes and then I said here's what I want you to know maybe it'll give you some peace of mind and I showed up today and he said thanks so much for that video that's exactly what I was thinking so I'm using some of these techniques and skills every day and it helped me get closer in relationship with my landlords yeah which is which is gold I don't want a bad relationship with them how much does it cost us to have a relationship that's not like not connected with anybody in our life, the drama, the the angst. Yeah, well, it's, it's actually it's good for our longevity as well and health, and there's been studies around that too. So um, yeah. it's very important. So when you're when you're helping clients with, and I don't know if it's exactly with relationships or is it just with living life more fully, without regret. Regret. What are some it's of the uh, all of it sort of thing? Yeah, it's 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 everything. I mean, some clients want to know. Um, how to do better in meetings or presentations. One client today just doesn't really trust people, and she's realized that. So instead of working on the work life, we're going to work, work with her relationship and trust, and I believe it's going to ripple out. So okay. I, I think I, one of the things that seems to be unique about um, the way I operate is there are a lot of business coaches who are brilliant at what they do, and there are a lot of personal coaches who are brilliant at the personal Yep. I spent first 30 years of my life developing the business side and the actuarial probability side, and then I spent the last 20 years reclaiming the emotional side. So I, I just will not label myself as a business coach or a life coach. I want you to have a better time in life, and let's focus on what what's going to have that happen. Okay, so what I think you mentioned at the start or pre-interview even, a bit of a, a formula or a process yep. that you sort of run through to help people live life more fully without regret? Yeah. Well, I have three values that I've found. Three values, okay. Super, super important. I call them the pillars of play for real. Um, 
and then I, we may not have time to get to the four-step process I have for generating results. But the, the three pillars are truth, daring, and caring. Yeah. So talk us through each of these. So truth. Yeah. Well, truth is so fundamental. Yeah. Well, we, I was taught, and not consciously, but I learned to hide a lot of myself. It's how society seems to be set up. I didn't have any role models for someone telling the truth and saying, hey, I feel really sad today. Like, my parents didn't say that. We just weren't used to speaking our emotions. Um, if, if something bad happened, um, what I learned somehow was maybe try and hide it or I might get in trouble. Yeah. And so um, there were things that I started to become aware of as I got older that I was ashamed of in myself. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not as good looking as I'd like to be or I'm too arrogant or I, I don't know how to get a girlfriend. It was really hard for me in high school relating with women and people in general. So there's all these things, and I think we've developed this code of shame. And I feel sad thinking about that. What I've learned, uh, but fortunately as I found good role models, is I've learned to start to own up to the things in myself that I think might be bad. Because mm. ultimately now I've come to the viewpoint that there is no bad. There, we're all innocent in a way. I mean, we're molecules spinning through space. How can any of that be bad? Mm. So the, and the path to accepting that has been me revealing more and telling the truth. Like, hey, I feel, I felt, I felt a bit awkward when you said that to the waiter and um, wonder if we can talk about it. Not stepping over something. Um, so with, with, with um, you know, telling the truth, I suppose there's a lot of, um, yeah, shame that it could bring on someone, fear, I guess, um, uh, being exposed, vulnerability. Um, how do we walk people through this, this um, ability to be able to just express themselves more fully? Well, I've got to tell you, if, if you've had a lifetime like I have of hiding things, I'm not suggesting that you, you go and just reveal everything to everyone in one day. Yeah. And also, you can't because you won't even know what you're holding on to. Yeah, I guess the, it's more about the moment when you can sort of consciously become more aware of when you speak the truth the or trick. not. Yeah, that's the trick because the mind has gotten good at pushing everything into the subconscious. You're not even aware of it. So step one is can you catch it? And I'll give you an example. I'm in a car with a friend of mine and we're driving to, to give a training to prison staff. Yeah. And on the way, I'm feeling anxious. She's, in my world, she's tailgating the car. She's so close that if they jam on their brakes, I'm going to eat glass. Mm. And, and I'm, an actu- I'm an actuary. I study risk. I'll jump off the mountain, but I, I wear the damn helmet. And I'm just feeling awkward, but it's not socially acceptable to say to someone who's driving you on a road trip, hey, can you drive slower and leave more of a gap between the car in front because I'm freaking out. Hmm. over here and that was really (laughs) right it's socially awkward so the first thing is to catch it and i was able to catch it and go wow this is what's happening and i'm scared to tell her this the second step if you're willing is to tell the person and you can even start with hey this feels awkward for me to say i feel like like you might think i'm i'm an idiot or a wuss and it's your car and you're doing something nice for us 
is it okay if I bring something up? Right? So I'm asking for permission, setting context, and then most people are going to say yes, and then you share it. Now, the reason we don't share this stuff, when I did share it, she got defensive. Yeah. She got defensive and held onto it for a few hours, and we were able to ultimately resolve it. And in the end, I feel like she's now part of my family. I was in tears in the end as I felt this part of myself that I didn't want to show anyone. I felt like such a wuss. I got to actually show it. It was quite quite vulnerable. Yeah, well. And we got there through to the end. Now, the reason most people don't tell the truth all the time is you're probably going to have to go through a bunch of discomfort. Rejection, yeah, defensiveness is a big one. Yeah, maybe Upsetting some anger. People, yep. Feeling judged. Yep. I just, there's a group of people here. If you want to hang out with them, you have to do an introduction night. I've been hanging out with them for eight months. I never did the intro. Hmm. It's eight months. Now, I finally called up one of the leadership and I said, look, um, I've got a confession to make. I've never done an introduction. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to stop coming? Like I was putting at risk my inclusion in this group. But I believe that that's where the gold is. Even if they said, no, don't come, I get to feel better about myself and my life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a really and, good point. Yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. probably the strongest point. Because I think when you're, when you're aware of it and not living it, that's when you feel the discomfort more so. It feels lousy. And I think what's happened is the lousy stacks on lousy stacks on lousy as we get older. And then we've got a hundred things that, that have not been expressed or not cleaned up or not apologized for or whatever it is. For, for a given person, and we're just used to it. We just, you know, our shoulders are a bit hunched. We've got stress. We need a couple of beers at night to unwind. Uh, maybe you have a quick smoko, eating some sugar to, to feel a bit better, and we don't even notice what's going on because everybody else is suffering from the same thing. It's oh, it's, normal. It's, it's the ignorance of it all, you know, where we're, you know, and even if we're not consciously aware of our ignorance, the ignorance, I think Buddha says it, Ignorance is suffering, and, and that's what happens because of our ignorance, we didn't do these behaviors like eating sugar, smoking cigarettes, drinking beer, or whatever. That's yeah. bringing about more suffering <laughs> to our personal health yep. and well being as well. Um, so it all compiles. So, so, yeah, the truth and daring, yep. I suppose, moving to the, the next one there. I mean, it's, it's very daring to speak the truth. So I, I think there's a link there, but sort of fill us in with the daring part. Yeah, well, that's one aspect of it for sure. If you're going to speak your truth, it takes a lot of damage. Mm. Yeah. Now, some things like like okay, I jump off a mountain, right, in a paraglider. Yeah, that takes that takes daring. Um, in that case, I actually could physically die. So it's probably okay to have fear, and it's totally reasonable for anyone to say, "I'm not going to do that." Yeah. That's fine. But there are a bunch of things in life that all it's going to produce is discomfort. Mm-hmm. And I think. What I want for, for everybody, see, I don't usually regret the things I do. There's a couple of things in my life I, I wish I could take them back. But generally, I regret not doing something, not pitching that speech or not going up to that celebrity or not asking that woman out at a bar or, or not telling someone um, something that's awkward just because I'm afraid it's going to be awkward. That's the stuff I regret. And I had a breakthrough at a recent retreat, a retreat last year with the Transformation Leadership Council. These are people like Jack Canfield, John Gray, Don Miguel Ruiz. These are like some of the top people yeah. in, in transformation. And I'm feeling pretty damn nervous around all of them and just like 
waiting for someone to spot me and say, should you really be here? So I got imposter syndrome and I did four things that were totally edgy for me and took a lot of daring for me. Uh, an example is I pitched Jack Canfield to, to write a book with him and I figure he gets a thousand pitches a year, right? So that was, that was really edgy yeah. to do that. Mm. Um, I met an Oscar winning producer and I asked him what it would take for me to do a ride along next time he's filming, uh, making a movie. These were really edgy things for me. And the insight I got after the event was even if I didn't get a yes on any of those, I felt great about myself hmm. because each of the four things that I did at that event were right for me. They were full self-expression for me. And then I just trust that the universe is going to tell me what's right. If it's right, someone will say yes. If it's not right for me right now, okay, fine. At least I did my bit. I showed up. And yeah. that's what I want for people. Yeah. It's not that I want you to have great results, although I do. You'll probably get great results from being daring. I want you to feel fully expressed and on your deathbed say, I gave it all and I didn't get stopped by fear. Yeah, yeah. Nice words. Absolutely. Take the courage and it's, it's better, yeah, better to know that you tried than uh, yep. die knowing that you didn't try and have that regret. Yeah. But again, you're going to have to walk through discomfort. Hmm. It's uncomfortable. And I, I'm a bit of, I, I still consider myself a wuss when it comes to, to discomfort. I like shy away from it. I want to be comfortable. But boy, I spent a lot of my life with the daring and with the truth going through incredible, incredible discomfort. And so I suspect the more we're willing to embrace it and say, all right, it's just feeling a bit awkward. I'm going to move through it and get to the other side because I will feel better about myself. That's what I want to hear from people. Yeah, it's interesting you say about discomfort there because discomfort is really the thing that um, is the underlying motivation for all of us to avoid is moving away from discomfort, moving away because that's the suffering and moving yeah, towards happiness. Only... Yet we have these yeah. things that we want to do and yet we don't want to face the, the discomfort of it because naturally we're programmed that way. So yeah. how, do we, now, um, how do we encourage ourselves to go, you know, read through that, that mind trickery and, and go, actually, well, this is something that I want to do. Yes, it's probably going to be uncomfortable, but really it's going to be that bad. Yeah. Well, the, I, I'm a coach, so I'm biased towards coaching. But one way is you get a coach. Hmm. A coach is going to help you walk through that and see it in all the different ways. A coach might do just what you said. All right, what's the benefit of this? Like, is it really worth it? What are you going to get out of it? Yeah. Does it feel right for you? Yeah. And then what are you scared of? What's the worst thing that, you can, hap that can happen out of this and are you willing to accept that? Now, this is important when we talk about daring because I'm not saying you should just do everything that's edgy. There, there are things that I'm not willing to accept the consequences of, like paralysis and death right now, which is why I gave up paragliding last year. Nice. I'm no longer willing to accept the risk of that. If you're going to tell your boss something and it might have you lose your job, and I've done this. I told my boss something that might have had me fired. On, fired. I said... I want to leave in six months. I know this is unusual for me to tell you now, but can I keep working for six months and then we leave? I feel out of integrity just dropping it on you six months from now. They could have said, leave now. So that was a risk I took. Yeah. If you're not willing to accept the consequences of, say, losing your job or losing your partner or losing your, uh, your wealth uh, or losing your freedom, 
some of the things you tell someone could end up in jail time. I've told someone something that could have had me go to jail. Hmm. I confess to something and apologize. And if they press charges, I could have gone to jail. Hmm. Not everyone's willing to risk that. If you're not willing to risk it, then maybe you don't share that. But I got to put in a, I just got to put in a word for it. Um, I do believe like it's when we watch movies and we watch people risk everything for integrity and self-expression and truth. Those are the inspiring movies Hmm. that inspires me. So I'm not saying you should do it, but I'm, I'm inspired whenever I see someone like this woman put her marriage on the line. Yeah. And also what it did is it gave him the choice. It gave him the respect of making a choice with all the information. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. I like it. And the final one is caring, which is a good spot to uh, wrap it up. Yeah. Well, caring, I'll give you the short version because I see caring as such a huge topic. Like in one way it can be viewed as can we make the evolution or where are we in the evolutionary path from just looking after me to actually looking around me to saying, Oh, I'm going to pick up that trash. Right. Or, How's my partner doing? Or, okay, my boss is angry with me right now, but what's it like for her? What's it like for her to be angry right now? Like that must be really frustrating to feel like that. Mm. Right? Some empathy. And then even up to what about my community? Am I doing anything for my, my family, my community? And then, I mean, I'm working with a woman now who's um, donating 50% of all profits to animal welfare shelters. That's her mission. So caring in one way is an evolution. And we can look at just where are we? Because I believe that we're all evolving uh, on a path to go outside of self to see, instead of just seeing this body as me, seeing the planet ultimately and maybe the universe as me. And I'm on that path. I'm not saying I'm I'm the guru looking down. I'm still on that path. But the other part of caring, I realized, is you can't just tell the truth all the time and go and be daring in all aspects and burn the candle at both ends and fully live life to the point that you're not honoring your life. And that means honoring and caring for yourself, which means your nutrition, your exercise, your rest time. Mm. It's really taking care of yourself, um, caring for your relationships, and, and for those of us with jobs or businesses, caring for your, your staff, caring for your customers, mm. caring for co-workers. I've found if, I, if I'm not honoring and not caring for those things, they will bite me in the ass. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I've gone into, into deep depression and deep anxiety because I just thought daring was the way to have the best life. That's all I knew. Daring, lean into my fears, jump off cliffs, date in open relationships when I'm afraid of abandonment, just fully dare everything. And I just, uh, I went into the worst time of my life and I realized there are limits. We have to use discernment. So this is a great place. This will kind of wrap it up. Um, If you're in a place where you feel stagnant and uh, bored, and like you haven't fully lived life, then maybe you use more daring. You could pick a few things that would be edgy for you. If you're burning the candle at both ends and you're feeling stressed 
and nothing in your life is complete, you just keep starting things and not completing them, uh, you might be beyond your edge. You might be into an area where you could have some trauma. You might need to just dial it back a bit and practice more caring so that you can be in the sweet spot, which mm. the play for the play for real zone. Yeah, I think I think caring wraps up where we started with the relationships thing. You know, it's all about the relationships, and we have no caring there, then uh, those relationships aren't going to be great. And and really, if you look at human nature, we're we're also self-absorbed. We're also selfish in many of our ways and uh, bringing a bit of selflessness into our life is is going to do us a world of good and that relates to um, you know why we tell the truth what is the purpose of telling the truth well it's caring for yourself it's caring for others if you look at daring you know why do you want to be daring well it's caring for yourself and hopefully with that daring there can be some sort of conscious um, involvement of caring for others as well because it's not only about daring so we can live our life fully and really live courageously and, and not have regret. And that's going to help us um, with our own happiness and, and escaping, you know, the root causes of suffering potentially. Um, but hopefully in, in what we do there is going to help others in the process as well. So I think caring to me, just looking at that formula sort of wraps it all up. Yeah, true. The ultimate goal for me is deep connection and yeah. truth, daring and caring are all great ways to, to, to create action in your life. Yeah. yeah. Including, ultimately connection with yourself connection with yourself yeah lovely mate look thank you very much for coming on um best way for people to reach you you've got your website playforreal.life yeah that's the best way if if listeners are are responsible for a team then check out the trainings yeah at playforreal.life and if you're more interested right now in up leveling your game and business then i invite you to request a discovery session with me i don't charge for these sessions because it's how I find the right people to work with long-term. Request a discovery session. There's a big button that says request a session at the site, and I'd love to talk to you, create a plan for your yeah. life and business. I can see that on the website, guys. So I'll stick the links in the show notes, mate. Have you got a uh, favorite book that you'd like to recommend for everyone? It's not my favorite, but it's possibly the most powerful. It could be the biggest game changer for, for your life. And that's Loving What Is. Loving by Byron, What Is. Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Katie says, the worst thing that can happen to you is a thought. And I've come to believe that that's true. So that book's all about that. Cool. I like it. Thanks, mate, for uh, coming on the show. Pleasure. Thanks, Lee. Guys, check it all out, thehiddenway.com. This is episode 822, so you can search that there. The video will be up there as well, YouTube somewhere and uh, connect with David Wood through the website playforreal.org. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels, using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. 
You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon